Guys? Yo. Yes? Okay. This is happening. We are recording. All yes. right. Technical difficulties surmounted. Let's surmounted. Go. All right. Okay. So uh, this is the Get You Some Productions podcast. This is going to be episode 63. We are a podcast covering all things related to music production from the first note to the last fan and everything in between. We create music and inspire others to do the same, hopefully. Uh, my name's Keith. And my name's Daniel from Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Hi there. Hi. And we have a very special guest today with us, James Carrancio, or Jim Carrancio. Welcome, welcome. A uh, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. How's it going, guys? Yo, dude. Thanks for Um, having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, man, we're psyched. I think he, you can call me Jim. I think James is a uh, it's a, a name meant to be my professional name. But we're, we're we're you know we're just hanging out. There we go. You know you can call, call me go. Jim. Please. Just hanging out with Jim. Just no, you know I think I'd rather be formal if you don't mind. You know what? <laughs> I can't see you, but I'm sure you're wearing a suit and tie right now, right? You know uh, yeah. too well. Sunday morning. It's like a silk cravat just laying in bed. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. on my chaise lounge having yep. a cigar and uh, somebody's feeding me grapes. Sounds lovely. In, in a suit. <laughs> a three-piece suit. Do either of you guys smoke cigars? Is that like a, a thing for either of you? Nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't actually. I, I think I smoke a few. I think I, I think I smoked a cigar um, a few times in my life, and one time in high school, I guess it was. You know, we would, we went out to one of the bodegas and got a yeah, oh, like it was a Dutch a real master cigar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I smoked a cigar once. I'm like, is this really what this is? Because I don't like that. Let's fill it up with let's fill it up with weed. There, that's better. Exactly. Yeah, I think what was <laughs> supposed to be filled with weed. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is good. This is much better. I like yeah. it a lot more. Ooh, these wait, who? Wait, Jim, do, do you smoke cigars? No, no, I never have. But it fascinates me when people do because I just I don't see the appeal at all except for like if you are indeed Tony Soprano, I just don't get it. I have to yeah. say, though, it looks really visually, like, impactful. Like, when you see a character smoke a cigar. Mm-hmm. Like, my son's even, like, they got into Seinfeld recently, and Kramer, like, smoked cigars. I'm like, that's really that, – that that films well. It does. And I also feel like it depends on the size of the person. Kramer is a very broad-shouldered, tall dude. I, sure. I, I feel like I'm a, you know, like, 145-pound, six-foot, like, Gumby-esque character. Uh, and, I, and I feel like I would look terrible smoking a cigar. Yeah, you need like a, a Sherlock Holmes type. There you go, yeah. Something more <laughs> my figure. Yeah, if you're, if you're a cigar smoker, you either have to be very, very large or very, very small. So you can't be in between. <laughs> yeah, short and squat or like totally overpowering. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, so we're psyched to have you on the show. Um I I checked out your album, the most recent one, that is. I I liked it a lot. Um, Some of the songs really stood out to me. Um, So I want to get into a lot of stuff. Like we said, we're we're the um, 
we cover music production from 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 every angle, you know, in every aspect. So everything kind of goes. Um, but but you know, most important thing probably is just to get to know you. Yeah. Um, so tell us about yourself. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, like non musically, just to get going, because I'd like to get to know you. You know, just in yeah. general. You know what's funny, Keith, is I, have we met in person? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know how we got connected via Facebook, um, but I, for one, thoroughly enjoy your posts. And, like, you scroll so fast that sometimes you don't see who posts it. But as soon as I read or see the post, I immediately know, like, oh, that's a Keith post. And I scroll back up. Yep, I was right. Oh, thank you. And here's my well, – Your sorry, posts actually tickle me in, in a, you know – in a very special way. So I appreciate your uh, your input to the, the Facebook world. Well, I thank you for that. And I also just want to say what I say to everything. Anybody, anytime somebody compliments me on my Facebook posts, the yeah. truth is I actually steal them, most of them from Dan. That's true. <laughs> oh, well, then, Dan, my compliments. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Keith is just a conduit to my funny bones. You are That's conducting. right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually from um, Carmel, New York, which is uh, just up the Hudson Valley, um, mm-hmm. and moved to Brooklyn uh, almost nine years ago to the day. And uh, I actually moved down here uh, to pursue stand-up. I was doing stand-up for a while, and, you know, there's not a, lot, a whole lot going on upstate, so I moved down here. And within – like two years of living down here, I, I stopped, I quit. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was a, a real time consuming. I mean, like it, I just couldn't do it. It was, you know, it was just too much. Um, right. And at the same time I started picking up my guitar again. Cause I, I had recorded at home, I don't know, close to like a hundred songs over the, like between like 2007 and 2010. Um, and then quit doing stand-up after a really, really bad show. It was just a bomb that I could not recover from. And I also felt like I wasn't enjoying everyday conversations with my friends because if I said something funny, I would instantly be like, oh, is that a bit? Is that something I could put in the show? You know, I couldn't relax and just, like, have a conversation with somebody because my brain was constantly focused on mm-hmm. um so yeah, I started um, I started picking up my guitar and writing songs again, and liked what I was actually doing for the first time in years. And yeah, and then just started uh, writing more and more, and ended up recording with uh, Josh Gallant, your your last guest, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what's crazy is that I think I've in my in my um, I guess in my later years, like more more recently, I I've I mean I've been a musician for a long time also, but I sort of have been sort of thinking like if I ever had to do anything else besides music as a creative outlet, mm-hmm. I've I've come to believe that comedians are like some of the greatest besides musicians, comedians are like some of the greatest human heroes of humanity in a way. Yeah. I, it's like they—they're like the—they're like the—I don't even know. It's like 
bringing philosophy to the masses and and making it i don't know like maybe like just taking this human condition that we're all in and and i don't know like giving it the 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 treatment only a true human can yeah in a way you know what i mean so like well, I musicians think, do that but i think comedians are also like you know they, they don't get the respect that they're due per, per, potentially i think that both art forms tell you about the world in a way that you can sit back and not have to think about it. So often you hear uh, an audience member go up to a comedian and say, you know, you said what I was thinking all along. Like, you know, you were able to articulate what I've always thought about this subject or whatever. And they yeah. just offer you a, a spin on life that you might not be able to articulate yourself. And same thing with songwriting. You know, you might be in love with this person but you don't know how to – you couldn't write a song about it, you know, and other people do. And you're like, oh, that's how I feel about that person. Fucking, you know, uh, this, this great Sam Cooke song. Like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I feel about this person. Thanks, Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are some yeah. of your guys' uh, favorite comedians? Uh, well, I got to start with George Carlin. Same. Um, you know, I mean, he's le- legend. Right. Have you um, ever seen him? No, just I mean, not live. No. I got to uh, go see him when I was 19 at uh, SUNY Purchase. Wow, nice. And uh, he did mostly, you know, old stuff. Um, there was like one or two new bits that I had, had not heard. But I, my mother sat me down at like the age of eight or nine and had me watch a bunch of his stand-up specials. Nowadays, obviously, that wouldn't fly. But the 90s, who gave a fuck, right? Right. So, um, I like would go to school quoting these George Carlin bits to my friends who are all like, what the fuck are you talking about? Taking a shit at the salad bar at Wendy's? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember he came out and the first line he said, and I always love this joke, he goes, you ever notice how the people who are against abortion are the people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? Yeah, I feel like I feel like George Carlin is like uh like one fourth of the reason why I am who I am today. So that's nice. Great start. That's great. That is great. I uh yeah I I don't know if so I'll I'll just call out because I actually been thinking I I don't remember what it was. I was thinking about I should read a book. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like I read, I don't even, I, I just read like random <laughs> I, things. I'm I've thinking seen about other people reading. I've heard about books. I thought I should try it for myself and just like see what all the hoopla's about. <laughs> so it made me think, yeah, I was like thinking the other day, I was just thinking like I have to read a book like that's not, you know, music related um, or health related. I have to read something that's more like, you know, I don't know, like just like a, non uh like a more fiction sort of narrative, more of an artistic experience. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking of the Bill Hicks bit where he's at the diner and, and he, the waitress comes up and she goes, what you reading for? And, and he goes, well, you stumped me. I, I've had the question, what are you reading? But what are you reading for? He goes, I guess so. I, I, was like, I had to think about that one for a second. I guess it's because I don't want to become a fucking diner waitress like you. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, My favorite Bill Hicks line is uh, somebody comes up to him and goes, you know, it takes more energy to frown than it does to smile. And he goes, well, it takes more energy to come up to me and tell me that and leave me the fuck alone. It's <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, I feel like Carlin and Hicks are like two of the biggest, like, have having as far as having the most cultural impact, yeah. um, or at least you know certain audiences. I feel like mm-hmm. they're they're like two heads on my comedy Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe now that you're reminding me that comedy exists, I feel like maybe I should watch a little bit more stand-up just to bring some levity into my life. Yeah, the, my favorite working comics are definitely Bill Burr, uh, Thomas yeah. Sikora, and um, Nate Bargatze. Who is the middle guy? Tom Segura. Oh, I know Tom Segura. He's friends with, um, what's his name? The podcast guy. Rogan. Uh, Rogan? Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's done a bunch of those. Who's the third guy? Uh, Nate Bargasi. He's this, uh, like, southern dude who works totally clean. His last special was shot outdoors because of COVID at um, Universal Studios, I believe. Um, and, uh, yeah, you should check him out. He's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a – I really um, – I love – uh, some of those comedians who work really clean. Um, it, it's um, I like it both ways. I gotta say, it, you, you, just, you just I sometimes I'll be like halfway through a bit. I'm like, wait a minute, this is squeaky clean. Yeah, you don't even realize. Totally it. hilarious. You know. Yeah. yeah, guys like Brian Regan and uh, Jim Gaffigan just like mm-hmm. don't don't rely on exploitives, and that's like a, a talent all onto its fucking you know itself. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, you couldn't even say you had to say fuck right before. Like you, I think you compulsively just had to say fuck even when describing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I too much Carlin. So hey, um, you know this 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 little segue has has inspired me to ask a question to you. You know about your creative process, and you touched on it briefly before, mm-hmm. um, like going from being a stand-up comedian making people laugh. And then, um, you know, listening to your music, which isn't about bringing laughs out. Um, just how do you see, you know, you're still channeling this energy, but like, do you see a, a through line between the two things that you've done there, that both types of work? Yeah. Um, I want to be the center of attention. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Plainly put, like, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the through line, I think, is that uh, everybody shut up. I have something to say, you know? Um, nice. Maybe it's because I was just raised in a house with, like, I don't know, uh, two sisters. Like, my aunt and cousins were always over. My grandmother was always there. And it's really hard to get your story in at the dinner table, you know? Right. So I kind of learned how to command a room. And, you know, what's funny is that when I'm playing music, my banter in between the songs sucks. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> you would think this, like, That's oh, it's like so funny. He would be able to, you know, keep it interesting between the songs. I'm like, nope, I'm just slowly tuning, enjoying the silence, bouncing out into the crowd. <laughs> and here's the next song about my Awkward! <laughs> yeah, as far as, like, a creative process, um, I think it all just it starts with what you want to say. 
Yeah. You know, um, Anthony Green, uh, one of my favorite singers and songwriters from uh, Circus Survive and Seosin, uh once in an interview said that if you don't have anything to say, then it's not going to be it, – it's going to suck. For, the first thing you have to figure out is what do you want to say. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. Yeah, do you – No, go ahead. So well, uh, <laughs> I was actually going to say, "What do you want to say?" <laughs> like you personally, depends on the day, um, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, for instance, uh, off the the latest album, Lost Boy, that you just listened to, there's a song called "I'm Dead" on it, and that song is written from a '80s slasher flick, um, like serial killer. Uh, perspective of a victim um and that was a day that like i really didn't want i didn't have anything to say but i had just been watching a bunch of friday the 13th movies because i've been obsessed with them since i was a kid again 90s parents for the win um, (laughs) nice and i yeah and i just started like i was trying to write this really introspective song that kind of like summed up where i was at this point in my life and was just struggling so it's like, you know what, as like a breath of fresh air, I'm just going to start playing the most fun thing that I could think of at that moment on the guitar and then just came up with the first line, uh, I was looking for a good time. And then just thought like, hmm, I kind of just pictured uh, this one dude you know, from Friday the 13th Part 5 and him like going out at, at night and end up getting killed. And that's kind of what the song turned into. That is awesome. I love that. I, I I love that it's from Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. <laughs> yeah, that was... it shows it shows you had to do a you did your you really did your research and preparation to write that song. It was it was definitely the jumping off point. There's like little because my brain is just so I don't know I'm just ADD addled that like I can't just stay on point. So like it starts with Part Part Five, but then there's the, the uh, second line is more about this guy got from part two and then, you know, it's just kind of jump. It's just like all over the place. Yeah. I, I can sympathize with that. I think my, my songwriting is pretty uh, jumbled as well. Um, from like one verse, one verse, I'll write one verse and then I'll write the second verse 10 years later. <laughs> so, like, well, yeah, that, there no, can't be will... any relation, but there is, I don't know. Exactly. So, yeah, so um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 good. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I actually want to take it back. Like, maybe maybe tell, like, um, one of my favorite questions to ask people uh, is to tell your superhero origin story in music. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to know, like, how did you get into music, your early influences, like, any crazy stories, like, you know, stuff like that. Uh, three words. Insane clown posse. No. <laughs> uh, right. um, I think I think my mom was the, the like the real first influence because um, she would always listen to B105, the oldie station, uh, driving around. And my first real um, exposure to music, I feel, were, were like the Temptations and Marvin Gaye and. Sam Cooke and, and that sort of thing. Like, I just, I was listening to the Sam Cooke live at Harlem Square uh, vinyl this morning, you know, after breakfast. Um, so I feel like my mom definitely got me into into music at first. Um, 
And then, I, I don't know, I, I, I kind of just was always going through phases, like, what I was really into. And it was, like, in, like, fourth grade, I loved, like, hip-hop. Like, you know, Busta Rhymes and, and Notorious B.I.G. And by, like, eighth grade, I was listening to nothing but, like, punk rock, you know? Mm-hmm. High school, it was all about, like, metal and screamo and grindcore and, you know, that sort of thing. It, it was just, like, always the next thing, you know? And then all the while, like, listening to Saves the Day and that sort of thing, those, like, pop, rock, indie rock, punk bands, whatever. Um, yeah, and then uh, as I started writing songs, I was really listening to Johnny Cash and Elvis a lot. Um and you know what? I, I can pinpoint a, a moment where when I was starting to write songs, I was like, that's what I want to do. And it was, I was watching the uh, 68 Elvis comeback special. And uh, he was singing the song, Trying to Get to You. And on the recording, you know, he he kind of keeps it more mellow, but the live show of it, he just starts like growling the song in the second verse. And I got full body chills and was just like, holy shit. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I want to do. Cool, yeah. So because your music is very, like, I think it's hilarious, but as I hear you talking about, um, like, the different phases you went through, I think I went through the same phases. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, I, I think I'm a 90s kid as well, so all that 90s grunge rock stuff was really big for me. And then hip-hop was also really big yeah um and then but but um but your music is very like it's pretty well actually i shouldn't i I should say this one album right lost boy um is very like americana blues um it's pretty old school right it's got country vibes you know it's and it's and it's kind of raw right it's not like super overproduced it sounds great but no, nope. yeah, like we, we recorded live, it all live. Sounding, you did yeah. record it live. Yep, yeah, we recorded it all live. Um, well, not all, but the bass, drums, uh, rhythm guitar, and vocals are all done live. And then I go back in and play the the lead guitar on it, and then the you know the harmonies, shaker, whatever else is in there, harmonica. Um, but yeah, I wanted to capture that energy because I, I was I was really failing to record music for a long time because I was trying to do it the traditional way of like just doing the drums and then doing the guitar and then the vocals and it just it didn't sound like it had any energy or any any emotion behind it. You know, it felt very sterile. You know, like uh, the the audio version of a doctor's waiting room and. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I met Josh Salon, and, you know, uh, the first time I started recording with him, uh, the very first day, he had the click track on, and we were doing it the traditional way, and I, I just asked him, I was like, Josh, do you think we could try it without the click and just, like, do a live? And Josh just goes, clicks are like condoms, man. They're way safer with them, but it feels so much better without them. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Then we just started cutting live tracks and we um we did two albums before Lost Boy. Uh one I, I took down off of streaming platforms because I wasn't 
it's not like I'm not proud of it. It's just not a good representation. It's not what I want people to hear first. So I still have Lost Boy and Sunset Park, the album I recorded um, for it on there, that were all pretty much cut live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, um, I can hear, li- listening through Lost Boy, I definitely caught, it. I was really impressed with the songwriting and the performances um, and the sound and how just like how natural it sounded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Dan knows this because Dan and I have been co- longtime collaborators, but, but um, I feel like I've suffered from the same affliction that you described, which is having this mentality of like, yeah, we're, we're a live band, but when you go into the studio, it's a different thing. Yeah. And it's like, and it, that will destroy a recording, you know? It has to be live, you know. It it, it just like you don't you just don't get the energy, and I don't know what it is. You know, it's just like the weirdest thing that you have to have that live energy for it to sound good. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, like I don't get how pop singers do it. Like, what do they do? You know. Well, you know, I think the great pop records are. And this, and this is me talking completely out of my ass, by the way, but I feel like the great pop records were made, like, by, by some insane geniuses who, like, spent hours just getting the drum in the right place and getting the kick drum in the right place and getting the snare in the right place and getting everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And through, like, some, you know, balance of, like, sheer genius and through willpower – and through like probably enormous amounts of hours of just tweaking until it's perfect, they've essentially recreated like a live sound. Yeah. But through just like force of will, you know? Off the top of your head, what's the best pop song of all time? Best pop song of all time. Yeah, or just your favorite. Doesn't have to be the best. Uh, right now it's it, it's my life by Talk Talk. Just oh, okay, because I, I heard it this morning. So I, it's my favorite <laughs> pop song today. Yeah. All right. Um, for me, I think it's probably like it's probably um like a Michael Jackson. It, I I guess I would you know I don't feel prepared to answer the question, but I'd have to go with like Rock with You or something. Okay. Yeah. What What do you think? Off, off the top of my head, I got three. I'm going to say Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac, a, like, somewhat forgotten gem of that band because everybody knows, like, rumors and stuff, but their 80s stuff is fucking awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just can't beat that chorus. That, oh, the, like, Asian chorus. <laughs> vocal line. Um, Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Gwen Stefani's The Sweet Escape. Really? Okay. Yes, that is a perfect pop song. I, I'll turn it back around on you and say, what do you think, do you have, like, what are your favorite song? What do you, actually, in terms of songwriting, mm-hmm. do you have, like, a, a greatest song ever written or, like, a, maybe a top five? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm one of those people that, like, will write down randomly like my top 10 favorite Bob's Burgers episodes. Like, I don't know why. Love that show. Nice. Yeah. It feels like I just need to have that. Not even if I like put it online as to like, 
start a conversation, it's like, okay, good. Now I know what those are, and I can just put it away for no reason. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my favorite song of all time is Bring It On Home To Me by Sam Cooke. I mean, this is, like, the fourth time I brought him up on this podcast alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that is my favorite song of all time. Um, so, okay. Bring It On Home For Me by Sam Cooke. Bring it on, bring it on home to me. Yeah. Um, How does that one go? Uh, if you ever change your mind about yeah. leaving, yeah, leaving you behind. Yep, there it is. Gonna bring it on home to yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that would be definitely uh my favorite song of all time. But I mean, uh, off, off the top, I had another um. Um, like more recent one, uh, Duff Thompson, The Long Haul is such like, it's like a, um, like a dance hall song from like, you know, the fifties or forties or something, but just made in 2021. Um, oh, right. Weird. Yeah. yeah Duff Thompson, The Long Haul and, uh, Twain and the Deslons Run Wild. And those guys are both off of, uh, this record company down in New Orleans called Mashed Potato Records that make these really killer compilations that you should check out. Really? Yeah, yeah. maybe well, maybe you'll, you'll hook us up. Um, yeah, I'll send you guys a link. After the show. I yeah. always go, I, when I go for like greatest songs ever written, I have a long list, I'm sure, but one song that always sort of pops up for me, do you know Kathy's song, Simon Gar- Paul Simon? Simon and Gar- no. It's actually on the Simon and Garfunkel album. Uh-huh. Um, it's on the same one with, um, I guess, like The Sound of Silence. Yeah, yeah. It's a lesser known tune. It's, co- it's called Kathy's Song. Uh-huh. But to me, it's like the lyrics of that tune just have, you know, to me, they're, they're perfect in some way. Mm-hmm. But as a songwriter, I feel like I'm always looking at the craft of songwriting and I... It, I, I guess it just gives me pleasure to like think about like how good a song is, you know? Yeah. Like, and <laughs> so I'll, I'll do a controversial one. Hotel California. Yeah. I think Hotel California is a like off the charts phenomenal song that I think that a lot of people, it's been played so damn much and it's become a caricature of itself that people don't hear it for what it really is. But as a songwriter, I think you'll appreciate this one comment is that no one can start a song on a dark desert highway ever again. They sure. got yeah. that. They got that line. You know yeah, what I mean? They do. So yeah. it's sort of like when I listen to that song, everyone argues with me like, no, that song sucks. And it's so overplayed. It is. And it's, it's- a shame. It's like when people say I love you too much. It loses all its meaning. Basically, yes. Yeah. Um, are there any songs that you two are, are like, first time you hear it, you're like, why didn't I come up with that? Like, that was, it was right there. How could I not see it? <laughs> That's a great question. Dan, Dan do, you have, do you have any songs that you, like, you, you wish you wrote? You know, no, I think, I, no. Not really. Like, I'm always just so impressed and amazed by, like, I get transported to another place when I hear music. Um, yeah. 
Um, um, I do like sometimes like want to be like, imagine if I was playing this song for people and it was me playing this, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I love the energy. Yeah. But, um, but uh, I am not like a songwriter. He's mm. the songwriter in this setup. I'm like the, I'm the accompaniment. You know what I mean? I'm like the copy editor or like Keith knows, like that's our creative process. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so, so that song has me, that question has me stumped like 100%. I'll, I'll answer quickly and then I'll throw it right back at you. Um, I am a jealous, jealous motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my, I have a 10 year old daughter mm-hmm. and she loves Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I love Taylor Swift. Everything from 1984 till now, her albums are amazing. And I get so jealous when I listen to her albums. I am, <laughs> I am so painfully jealous because there are so many lines on there that are so simple and so obvious. And it's yeah. like, oh, that, I could have wrote that one, you know? Yeah, but I didn't. And now she has it, you know, and she took it, you know, it's like, and, yeah. and I know, and she, I, I don't, I don't take anything from her because I know she's great and I know she's a superstar and I've seen her in concert and, and I know that she's um, a really hardworking songwriter, but I also know that she has a lot of help and I'm just like, you know, fuck you for real. Like, like, you know, you can't have, like, you can't have all the good songs, you know, you can't have them all. That's you got to share some, bitch. Right. Spread that love around. So what about you? Well, I, I have to ask you, did, did you go to this Taylor Swift concert with your daughter? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, it was a um, reputation tour, so it was a while ago. It was like three, it was like two or three, al- it was three albums ago. Oh, okay. But, but it was like a superstar situation. Like it was a massive concert. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't playing the coffee shop. No. Um, no. Yeah, I just pictured you by yourself, just like, you know, this middle, middle-aged man leaning into the person next to you, just going, my daughter loves her. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm the same way. But I, I think more, more or less with melodies than lyrics. But when I hear a really good melody, I was just like, oh, oh, that asshole. How did he do that? Or how did she do that? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think the two that kind of pop into my head instantly are um, this band Cutworms. Do you guys know them? Nope. Don't. Um, and Sean Rao, R-O-W-E. Um, both are, you know, more more indie bands. Um, and, I mean, like, Josh Salant and I, the guy, you know, who you had in your podcast, my drummer slash uh, engineer, um, he and I come from completely different worlds of music. Like I know nothing. Like I, I've first have listened to Simon and Garfunkel or the Eagles or something like that. But like, as far as mainstream rock, like I just got into the Beatles like two years ago. Wow. Really? Yeah. Like I just never listened to them. I mean, if they were on the radio, sure. But I would never go out of my way to listen to anything other than like indie stuff since the age of like, 14. Wow. Yeah. The, the, I mean, that's, that's incredible. 
it, I, yeah, I don't know why it is. Um, I think maybe because I'm a bit of a, a contrarian and didn't want to like listen to what everybody was listening to once I started kind of forming my own musical opinions or whatever. Um, so while, uh, like, who was really big in, like, let's say the Foo Fighters, you know, back in Howard, yeah. and this still obviously very big, but um, a band like that, um, in high school or whatever, I was not listening to that sort of thing. I was listening to like, uh, like Orchid and Panthers and um, uh, Seisha and Pig Destroyer and fucking you know all, all these like really obscure small bands that like girls like cheerleaders would go by my car in the parking lot as I'm blasting these ridiculous bands and they're just looking at me like I'm from another fucking planet because you know. Because I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I haven't heard of, I don't think I've, I've heard of any of the bands that you've mentioned so far. I'm not a single one, brother. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll send, you some, send you some stuff, and I want you to send me um, some of your guys' recordings, because I, I have not heard them. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah, are they, definitely. Are they on the, all the stupid services? Yeah, we got them out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to check it out because cool, obviously we have very different influences, and you know it's uh, it's always what I always say is it's a it's a stew, right? And with each new person, it's a different ingredient brought into that stew. Like if you uh, two, if Keith sent his song to somebody else instead of Dan, it wouldn't come back the same recipe, you know? That's right. Yeah, that's that is absolutely right. And I and actually, so it's it is kind of hilarious because if we if we go back into the earlier conversation when you talked about your influences, and mm-hmm. I was recognizing a lot of um, commonalities, although maybe the individual bands would have been different. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you said screamo, or when you said like indie, um, indie rock and stuff like that i was gonna just like confess like i have i have a list of albums that i think are masterpieces but i'm sort of ashamed or like maybe a little embarrassed to admit it uh-huh and one of them is jimmy Eat world clarity oh my god dude i went to the 10 year 10 year reunion tour of our anniversary tour of that album <laughs> yeah, yeah i believe you in like 2006 or whenever it was yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I love that album. But your but your music doesn't sound um, at all like that. No, 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 no. But right. It, I mean, it could. I mean, maybe maybe the next song I do sounds just like uh, what is that song? The first star I see. Yes. May not be a star. You know, you never know. It, it's. I mean, I have, I have a, like, two albums that I am almost done with. Um, so, because I'm actually moving to Rhode Island in July, um, and I don't really have a, a setup once I'm out there as far as recording. So, I just told Josh, I was like, "Listen, dude, we gotta book as many days as possible because I have all this stuff that I want to get out there eventually." So now we've, in the past couple months, we've recorded um, two full lengths, uh, three singles, and an EP. Um, <laughs> wow. and the, the EP is actually from 2015. I just redid the um, the vocals for it. Um, so basically, I have like three years worth of material now to put out, and 
Um, you're, bat- you're batching. What am I doing? You're, you're batching your stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and because so, when you move to Rhode Island, you don't know you you don't know if you're gonna you know. It's gonna take a while to form you know some some relationships, right? So it's. Oh, I'm starting from ground zero all over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna be you know doing open mics hopefully and meeting more you know meeting musicians again and like maybe. Uh, getting a Rhode Island band together and coming back to New York to play shows. I'll play with my New York band and, you know, um, but uh, what I was, what I was getting to with that was that one album uh, sounds pretty similar to Lost Boy and the other one does not. It, there's like no, it's like very less folky and Americana and more like indie rock, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you never know. I could write a, a Jimmy World album next. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I I read an article. So I guess maybe you did an interview with somebody, and there was a blog article. So I checked that out, and I know you had a couple things in the works. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I was curious about uh, is the the name of the band Man Made Hills. Mm-hmm. Is there a story there, or is, can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, do you guys know uh, the, the folk festival called Porch Stomp? Called what? Porch Stomp? Stomp? Yeah. No. Yeah, I've heard of Porch Stomp. Yes. It's uh, well, yeah, Dan. You're you're. In, are are you originally from Richmond, Dan? No, no. Uh, I uh, hail from. Uh, I grew up outside of Boston, and then did the college my college years and in New York State and uh, Brooklyn, and I moved here about uh, eight years ago. Okay, so that makes sense. This this festival has only been going on for I don't know, maybe like five or six years, and it's out on Governor's Island, and the bands play pretty much on the porches of these old army barracks, and it, there's like a circle of houses, and it's like every other house is a stage sort of thing, so the bands aren't competing sonically against one another. Um, and anyway, so I was out at that festival my first time uh, just seeing it, and my buddy just points and he goes, check those out. You see those hills over there? Those are man-made. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, like they built them. They, they're not natural. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, whatever. Um, and I was just like, man-made hills. That's a, that's a good band name. But I had my band name at the time was Lady Nashville and the Nightmares, which is <laughs> whatever. Um, I, wait, actually, I love that name because that is <laughs> Totally, like the most insane, flamboyant name ever. Yeah, and the fact and that it, I'm a oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, it, it you know it makes a lot of promises, uh, <laughs> and I did not live up to a single one. <laughs> and the fact that I'm a man who I and I identify as a man, and the first word in my band name is lady. Um, and then I had I was singing with this girl who was in the band for a little while, so it was like, oh, is she Lady Nashville and you're the Nightmare? So I'm like, no, 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 I'm Lady Nashville. She's the Nightmare, believe me. And um, yeah, it, 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 I, before I put out any of my records, I was like, all right, I think it's time because I, I I used Man Made Hills as a song title at first, and then was like, I I think that's the band name, and very last minute changed it before I put out my first EP in 2018. Yeah, I I got it. Actually, it's a great band name, and it's a great story too. And it's so like, 
I don't know. It's just really it's like a place in time, and, and, and I actually know those hills. I've been to Governor's Island, so I know the yeah, hills that you speak of. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we play there every year now for Portstown, um, and uh, we'll, we're, we'll be playing again there this year in uh, in June. It's in June? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I should come up. I, I should come up to New York. I should. Oh, dude, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it's there's like a hundred bands. Um, it's free. It's a, a really fun, like family friendly event. Um, yeah, you should totally come up. I think it's June. I want to say June 18th. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I believe I believe it's June 18th. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful day. So, so we've um. I first let me let me just do the whole like podcast thing, person thing, which yeah. is number one. It's been fantastic having you on, um, and this is a great conversation. I feel like there's a couple of things that I want to give you an opportunity to cover, and you don't, you know, this is not like there's no pressure if you want to or you don't want to. But number one, um, if you want to if there's anything in particular you want to talk about you can you know you can just take the floor like if there's anything that you know anything that you felt like is like your signature story or something crazy happened when you were making the album or any any funny stories you want to talk about i would say well, i would love to address means, i would love to address these goddamn gas prices and how joe biden is fucking up this whole cut no i'm kidding um, <laughs> not at all um yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. Um, I think that Lost Boy, uh, you know, if anyone's listening who hasn't heard it, uh, please feel feel free to check that out on all the uh, stupid platforms as far as the plug goes. Yeah. Um, well, you send us links, but, you know, I mean, I can collect, I mean, I, I listen to it on Apple Music, but we yeah. will include links to um, all your sites. So feel free to plug all your sites. Yeah, yeah. Send us the links and stuff. We're gonna blast you out there to our to our networks and and uh, you know get you out there. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much my story right now. You know, cool. I've got all these all these new songs and new things to put out, and um, I. Uh, it, it's funny that you mentioned that this album is very much a, a blues record, and I didn't really get into the blues until somewhat recently, mm-hmm. and just figured out how to do it and now i'm like this privileged white kid living in a free free war apartment in brooklyn it's <laughs> going like oh i got the blues you know <laughs> i got i have two cats and a bank account like you know it's not that bad <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's just really fun to play you know it's, and i know that's not the point of it but it's just it's something about it just really resonated with me and i, I figured out how to kind of how to kind of do it and uh now i'm kind of a little bit done with it and kind of branching out to to different writing uh not writing styles but song styles you know what i'll say whatever just comes out is what i do i don't try to like i don't know if you guys feel this way but like i never set out to write a type of song really you know if it's i'm the same way i don't know about keith <laughs> but um the the inspiration just comes which is what comes to you, you know what I mean? And that's what that's what's natural, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um 
And I, we got to say, like, we're all about we're all about the creative process and getting art out there. And I want to say, like, it's just awesome that you're doing what you do and that you found the zone where you can produce, um, you know, music to share with people. Because music makes people's lives so much better. And, yes. you know, you're contributing, you know, to one of the better things that humanity has to offer. And you're a part of it. And that's why we have you on. But you I know, appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I think once I realized how fucked up my childhood was, I was like, oh, I can write about that. There you go. <laughs> you know? have to That's like, totally... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it doesn't have to be like contemporary love songs. Like, I've been with my wife now for like five years, and I feel bad saying this, but I've kind of like run out of things to say to her via song because we never fight, and we're just always having a good time. And how often can you write about that, you know? like uh sorry i forgot to do the dishes but i'll make it up to you later you know like (laughs) what can i say that i haven't already said via musically of just like how much i love this person so i instead will do stuff like write story songs like i have a song um off of sunset park called all a matter of doom that is about bonnie and clyde um and i have Mm -hmm. a I have a song off that record called A Song for Peter that is about uh, Pete Campbell from Mad Men. There, there's, um, it, you know, it reminds me of something because it's like um, I, I, I sort of like had the same experience as you as like, why would I be, I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged also, so why would I play a blues song ever, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, and, and, co- coincidentally well i guess i I should say consequently my only blues form song you wouldn't know it's a blues and Uh it's about drugs so and and so that's like you know one bad thing that happened to me in my history so i guess i had something you know something to complain about (laughs) you know so to speak yeah yeah but but i also so you're saying that you like pick these topic songs um, and it actually reminds me of, you know, that Coldplay song that's about the French Revolution. It's uh, like um, hear, uh, hear Jerusalem bells are ringing, Roman cavalry choir singing, be my mirror, my soul, my shield, missionary in a foreign field. You know that song? I do not, but it sounds lovely. Anyway, it's it for me. It's like. When someone takes a song, it's like, you know, uh, I always say as a songwriter, I always feel like there's there are certain songs where I, I just hear a song and I'm like, if it, I know my songs are not this good, but if I could write one, just one song that's that good, I probably, you know, maybe I will, maybe I wouldn't be happy with it, but I probably should be, you know? Um, yeah. And I think about like people who write songs that are about things that are, you know, it's like, not about your normal like love song or like complain song. If you can find a topic and create art about it, you know, that's like evolutionary in a way, you know, if you can write a beautiful song about uh, Friday the 13th, you know, like that's, you know, you maybe that's what you ought to be doing because, you know, we need to elevate anyway. And maybe that's not the one that's going to hit, but maybe you'll find some other thing that's very unexpected and you'll, and it'll be a masterpiece. You never know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, to be honest, 
I was just saying this to my wife this morning. I think that's the best song I've ever written. (laughs) (laughs) No joke, like the production quality, the like organs and like these fiery guitars and like my choices of like ooze in different places, like each verse kind of is up the ante from the last one. I'm just like that. That is, I you know, not mining toot my own horn heroes. Like that's a really fucking good song, and I yeah, I almost feel like for my next two records, I haven't topped it. You know. Well, that's great, man. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you never know where inspiration is going to come from. Keith, you you were talking about drugs. Uh, I would I would love to get um, some drugs. What is what is your favorite drug? (laughs) <laughs> Actually, so what you so you know, I, I mean, this show is not about me, but um, I uh, I am a super health nut, and I don't do I barely even drink now. Um, and I am all about you know staying healthy and optimizing my energy and my positivity right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a relatively short uh, stint with cocaine, which was not but but you know it went south in a hurry but then i cut it off in a hurry yeah um and so and so it was a powerful experience because there were a few moments where i actually thought i was going to die yep so so you know so it made an impression and i wrote a song about it okay yeah i mean hey that's your blues i mean who's i mean yes we're all you know we're privileged dudes but we all have our own struggles right so yep. there there it is yeah. The inspiration. Um, I uh, I've never done cocaine. I've heard of it. I've seen it once, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I that that was never my thing. I was always more psychedelics and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Any any drugs that you like to promote on this podcast? Um, well, um, I'm gonna say right now my current favorite drug, hands down, is caffeine. Yeah. Well, every yeah, day yeah. I do it every day. I don't feel bad about it. I don't. I don't want to stop. Okay, I can handle my shit. <laughs> Good for you. You're, you're a responsible caffeine user. Yes. No caffeine. I love it. I realized years ago, because um, like when I was younger, whatever, everyone would get high or just do whatever we were doing and play music, and I just wouldn't enjoy myself as much sometimes. Yeah. And I realized, like, wow, I don't like smoking weed. And like playing, because I feel like I'm I'm not there. And then I realized, like, literally, my favorite thing to do before playing music was to like have some coffee. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's it. That's my spot. <laughs> I just need some caffeine. So now I'm like the weirdo when the I'm in a band and we go out and everyone's like having some beers before they play or whatever. I'm like, I'll have a sugar-free Red Bull. You have any? Yep. <laughs> I don't. The sugar's. I don't want to crash. You know, from the sugar. Right. Everything so else in the Red Bull is A-OK. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, there you go. Caffeine. Drugs are bad. Yeah. Are, <laughs> have, uh, I, I think a lot of people lie to themselves when they say, like, how much they enjoy things like that. I think that, um, especially with weed, because I, I smoked on and off for years and I'm pretty much not doing it anymore because I had to – my, I'd like be honest with myself and just be like, nope. Like you enjoy certain things, while you don't enjoy doing it. You know? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. You have to say that again. I think it was um, a little bit funky. But you know, I'll, I'll I'll say it again. But I'll I'll actually I'll bring it back. And uh, George Carlin once said that 
drugs is a sliding scale, and the first time you do it, it's 100% pleasure and 0% pain. And the more you do it, the more those scales slowly tip the other way. There you go. Yep. Except Absolutely for caffeine. True. Except for caffeine. Except for caffeine, which is just constantly awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, hey, dude. guys, we're so up on the was, hour now. I think it's yeah. time to, uh, you know, put a bow on it. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Jim, so that was – it was – Really a great pleasure um, chatting with you. We're so psyched to have you on the show. Um, I want you to say the URL where people can get you or get at you, um, but also don't forget to send us some links if you if you want us to keep them in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I don't actually have a website because I'm, I'm an idiot, um, but if uh, – you know, f- follow me on, on Instagram at Man Made Hills. That's where I promote all my music stuff for the most part. Great. Cool. So, oh, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, hey, thanks so, for coming on, man. Yeah, so, and just so, just so you know, um, you're always welcome back. Um, you know, next time you have a record to plug, um, we can, you know, you can, the next time it comes out, just, you know, give us a shout, stay in touch. Yeah, I'd love to. Keep us, you know, keep us um, informed about what you're up to. I will, and, yeah. Um, Great. And then we can always have you back uh, to talk about a new record and stuff like that. Great. Well, I really appreciate it. I'm going to go uh, beat my wife's ass in Mario Kart now. <laughs> All right. Have a blast, brother. Nice meeting you. Awesome. You guys. Bye. Right. See you.